Some of you are going to think I'm a crackpot junkie after 30 minutes from now. Who's ever felt like they're not good enough? It is so common. We'll all agree in this room that it's those broken moments that give us the opportunity to go within. I was smoking, I was drinking, and then I fell in love, which was so inconvenient at the time. Probably for the first 30 plus years of my life, I was really scared of the truth. The thing about truth is, it's bullshit. <laughs> Nobody gets through life unscathed. We all look at that as if our life is screwed up, that that is actually an opportunity for us to grow and expand. In 2019, the Wellness Base Camp returns. In Fremantle. Newcastle. And our first ever international adventure in Auckland. Two for one tickets are under 100 bucks. Get them before they run out at thewellnessbasecamp.com. Welcome to Best Me Radio. I'm your host, Carl Hammington, and I talk to experts in many areas, including movement, psychology, nutrition, as well as other inspiring people who have done extraordinary things, all in an attempt to provide you with the information, inspiration, and tools that will empower you to step into the best version of yourself. This man really needs no introduction. Being well-known in the food and restaurant world, in the TV world, hosting many shows, including Australia's number one TV show, My Kitchen Rules, and now in the wellness world, providing education and inspiration for many people through his books, online programs, and recently his award-winning Netflix documentary, Magic Pill, which everyone should watch. He has really ruffled some feathers in the media, and whether you agree with his message or not, he is on a mission, and he's influencing people uh, with an abundance of positive testimonials and supporters. In this interview, we really get to know him, his clear and simple message, what drives him, what tools he recommends and uses, and also we get to know him beyond the labels, and we see him for the honest man he really is, and for his intense thirst for knowledge and love for his family and life in general. Please enjoy. G'day everyone, or Kia it's Pete Evans here, and we're going to have a little bit of fun here with Carl. Let's get into it. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. I'm pretty excited about this one as many of my listeners are as well. So thanks again for coming on, Pete. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's been hard to lock you down and understandable given uh, the multiple facets to your uh, your working life and probably your personal life too. So thanks again. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone has that rich tapestry of, of uh, things that they do throughout the day or throughout their career or throughout their life that uh, makes them who they are. You know, it's our identity to be able to express ourselves creatively and uh, I, I absolutely love uh, uh, being able to, I guess, manifest uh, dreams or, or concepts or ideas in, into um, into real things, and uh, so this is another one. the The opportunity to have a chat with you on the podcast is is also another one of these things because uh, people love to learn things, and people love to teach things, and uh, people love to uh, expand their their knowledge base. So, thank you for the opportunity. Oh, no, it's very exciting. So, yeah, that, that's pretty much on point uh, for today, um, which is a, a nice little segue. So um, I'd love you to, to, to inform me and the listeners um, of your sort of evolution from, you know, a young Pete Evans to uh, Chef Pete Evans to Paleo Chef Pete Evans to uh, to wellness, um, holistic wellness Pete Evans. <laughs> um, sure. If you could enlighten us, enlighten us on that, that'd be great. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because uh, what I get from that is nearly like a – people define themselves by their careers a lot and by the job that they do or the role that they have in the society, whether it be a parent, a teacher, or a uh, whatever job or career that you embark upon. Uh, I'm not usually one to, I guess, promote myself as that way, even though I do in, in some aspects, because I, I believe we are all so much more uh, than a label of, of, of our careers. So um, I'm happy to talk about uh, my role as being a chef and, and throughout this journey, but I do want to uh, just plant the seed that we are so much more, we are so, we are so much more complicated as far as our, and complicated not in a bad way, but I'm yeah. saying that uh, sometimes it, people identify with a label of their career more so than themselves as a human being. And, and I guess how I want to explain that is that, let me give you an example. When I meet people a lot, 
they think that all I do is host a show called My Kitchen Rules, right? <laughs> and they're, they're amazed that, number one, that I can be very different from the person that they see on, on the TV screen, but also that it's, it's a small part of my life. You know, so when we identify with potentially people out there in the, in the world that we don't know, for instance, celebrities, we might have an opinion on them based on certain things that we've seen for a very small period of, of their existence. So uh, I just wanted to throw that out there because I, I, I guess going back to the start when you said take us through the evolution of Pete is, you know, we start off as uh, as as uh, in the womb and from that very moment – from conception basically through to um, through our time in the womb until we come out, we are actually being formed. Our identity is being formed whether we like it or not yeah. through our parents' experience, through their emotions, through their through their intention. And then once we are born, then we're, we're faced with this brave new world and, and how do we fit into this? And throughout that, we are shaping our identity mm-hmm. uh, subconsciously and, and through the um, – through the events and the uh, situations that we encounter and that we inhabit throughout our childhood. So my journey to being a chef would be a a very multifaceted uh, approach or belief systems that were built into me as to why I decided to take that that career choice. And a lot of it was to do out of fear. A lot of it was to do it through insecurities. A lot of it was to, to do with uh, priorities at the time. So with, to, to actually dig down, you'd have to, you'd have to really analyze why this came to be. Yeah. But um, from that and from that understanding and looking back, you can sort of join the dots on not only my life but everybody's life. Of, and if you ask the questions, how did we get to that position? Usually it is based around our belief systems and self-preservation and trying to find our place in the world, so to speak. So my decision to be a chef, again, was multifaceted. I wanted to live out of home. I finished high school and the last thing I wanted to do was was live under the roof of uh, with my parents anymore. And it was my mum at the time. And no disrespect to mum, I loved her deeply, but as a 17-year-old, I wanted to expand and, and see the world through my own eyes and have no rules or restrictions or other people's beliefs uh, around me. So I needed to get a job and I looked at all the jobs that were available or the trades that I could get because I wanted to have some job security again. Job security, what does that mean? You're doing something out of uh, fear of not having enough, fear of not having enough money, fear of what's going to happen down the future. So we choose these jobs based on our passions or based on our beliefs. So cooking was a – cooking seemed the most common sense out of all the jobs that were out there for me as to something that if I didn't have a passion for anything, what's the one thing that would benefit me for the rest of my life? So I took cooking or chose cooking. And from that, one thing led to another, uh, working in different establishments, learning new things about human beings and (laughs) – uh, and then different opportunities arose. And then those opportunities were chosen uh, out of a need to, again, avoid certain situations in life and, and basically to uh, set up a foundation for the future, yeah. which, was, um, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it's not as clear-cut as <laughs> you want to make it, I guess, or, or <laughs> that great. people probably want to hear. It's uh, it's always multifaceted. Yeah, no, I can't agree more. Um, oh, wow, there's so much gold just in that. So to gain those insights, um, just out of interest, um, it sounds like you've had quite a bit of uh, self-reflection and, and mindful practice. Am I right? I, I guess you could say that. Um, yeah, I've always been fascinated about how we choose <clears throat> our decisions. Yeah. Why is it that some people like to go to bed early overnight. Some people like to go partying. Some people like to drink alcohol. Some people like to start their day with coffee. Some people get into this relationship with somebody even though they know it's not fulfilling for them mm. or stay in a relationship with somebody even though they know it's uh, not the best situation for them where everybody else can see it. 
<clears throat> Sorry, I've got a I've got a bit of a, uh, a sore throat today of all things because I've been <laughs> I've been working late till three in the morning on, on my kitchen rules lately and yep. um, not getting enough sleep. So, um, <laughs> but um, we'll so when we look at these things and we really have a, a look at ourselves, we can start to understand why why we make the certain decisions that we make in our life yeah. and. Once you really start to analyze and, and understand the triggers or the patterns that you have in your life, yeah. then you can, I guess, understand how you got to where you are at this particular point in time and where do you want to go in the future? Do you want to keep making the same, same decisions or choices based out of uh, past learned patterns, which may be a way to avoid fear or to um, protect yourself? Yeah. Or are you willing to go down another path that might scare you and <laughs> that you haven't been before, but open open up uh, new possibilities yeah. and learn more about yourself? And that's um, I don't think that can ever be underestimated. And I think we're at that particular point in time now where more and more people are actually asking themselves those questions: Is how did I get here? What were those decisions? Why am I programmed like this? And do I want to st keep those same programs running yeah. or do I want to explore new avenues and, and understand my full potential? So that, that's, that's what fascinates me and uh, that's where I'm currently at in, uh, in, in my life. And there's so much more that I'm, I'm going to learn and share and, and yeah. uh, choose. And uh, I'm very excited about uh, not only the future but also the present. I love that, Pete, and I love how you've really highlighted how how we make so many choices on a day-to-day -day basis, and I'm sure that a lot of people don't even realize they're making some of these choices. So just bringing awareness to that has got to be potent and powerful. And it, and it can be as simple as, what am I going to go eat today? Yeah. You know, something as simple as, as that, how much thought actually goes into that apart from, I need to eat food, mm. so I'm going to eat food. Whereas if we restructured that question to be, I mean, I was having this discussion last night with somebody. I said, it's somebody that I'd never met. They were, we were having a conversation and, and they said, so what's, what's, what are you up to? I said, I'm, I want longevity. Mm. I, I see myself living to be a, a ripe old age with my faculties intact, uh, with <laughs> my mind working to the best yep. of its capacity or ability. And my body working to the yeah. best of its uh, ability when I'm very, very old. Yeah. I said, that's sort of my focus without being obsessed about it. But that's the, the decisions that I make uh, are based around that philosophy of how do I get to be a, a, and watch this wonderful world evolve and, and, and actually view this out of my own eyes and, and experience this for as long as possible. Because I have other friends that say, oh, I'm here for a short time, not a long time, and I'm going to make the decisions I want to make to please myself in the current moment. So that could be eating junk food, for instance. Mm. So I have lots of friends like this that yeah. that would that want to eat junk food. And I've seen so many people recently in their 50s and 60s pass away. Mm. I'm like, wow, that's, that's sort of halfway to where I want to get to. Yeah. And that's a... Some would say that's a life fully lived but short. And yeah, I, you know, I, I want to be around for a while and still live a life that is fully experienced. Yeah. Uh, so we go back to that choice of food if, that we make every day. Yeah. What, what am I going to eat that's going to best give me the longest chance of survival? Easy. Okay, well, this is, this is what I see working for a lot of people in the community. This is what uh, a lot of professionals are, are recommending yeah. i'm going to implement that into my diet and if that doesn't give me what i'm after then, I, then i'll adapt it or i'll tweak it yeah and then we follow that into what's the best way to sleep of a night time okay so what's the best way to uh get pure water for us in this uh modern times yeah. what's the best way to ensure a stress-free environment as much as possible and that will mm -hmm. come down to the people that we choose to uh, uh, relate to in our lives or have uh, dealings with and relationships. And all of that, 1,000%, 
unless you're a child or you're incapacitated, you have free will and choice over at every single point of your existence. So there's there can never be blame or excuses or or anything or that we are not accountable for. Yeah. Oh, that's that's brilliant. So I can tell that's that you're living you're living consciously and you're beginning or you're, you're acting with the end in mind, um, and that does take a little bit of work at first, I believe. Um, you know, to to consciously make these decisions on a day to day basis, but even bringing awareness to that is just so powerful. Well, it can be very challenging for somebody to look at their their own life mm. and uh, and judge themselves, and we all we all judge ourselves critically at particular times. Yeah. But to do it in a way that uh, without blaming yourself for the situation that you're in either, but actually just being aware of of how you go about making your decisions and your choices yep. from moment to moment. Yeah. And this was a choice here to have a chat with you. You know, it was a choice for you to invite me onto the podcast. <laughs> What's going to happen from that? You know, maybe nothing. Maybe it's just a chance for us to to to, to have a yarn. But. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you never know. You never know what that one decision will have a ripple effect or a butterfly effect or it could change somebody's life that's listening to this yeah. or maybe not or it could just reinforce my own beliefs from expressing them to you. Yeah. I think sometimes even at that cathartic side, you know, just getting this stuff out of your head um, and you know, discussing it with someone is, is you know, it's got to have some positive benefit as well. So at least, hopefully, I can provide that for you. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I'm, o- I'm open to all possibilities. That's great. Well, it just sounds like you live a really conscious life, and and um, you're not stepping into that um, that victim mentality, uh, which which I love. Now it's. It's so obvious, Pete, um, from what I see from the outside. I've, I've only I've met you briefly in person, but I've never spent some good time with you. But some people that are really close to me and that I respect as well have spent good time with you and they love you to bits. So you must be a pretty decent bloke. <laughs> um, but it's so obvious how um, ha- happy, healthy, and playful you are. Um, is that something – have you always been like that or is that something you have consciously worked on again? That's really interesting. I had a session this week with a uh, with a friend and mentor of mine that I go and see for to deal with emotional, I guess, patterns and belief yeah. systems that uh, I've adopted over the years. And, and it was interesting because this week I went in there with a strict uh, intent to work on being more spontaneous and bringing more humour and more play into my life. So it's interesting that you just said playful because. I, I honestly believe that all of us have the capacity, the full range of capacity to explore and express the full range of human emotions. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like I'm, I am a little bit too serious, but in certain situations and then in other situations, I'm, a, I'm the class clown. Yeah. And, and I wanted to explore that with, with this, with my friend about being spontaneous and why do I have this belief sometimes that I cannot be spontaneous on the spot. And it was fascinating to find out the original uh, concept or the original point in time where this manifested for me. Uh, and it's, um, and, and that's what I'm talking about. It's about looking back through the history of your life and, and seeing these situations that might have arisen for you. Mm. Uh, it could have been at, at school, it could have been at home, it could have been in the workplace, it could have been in the public sphere where you, for instance, myself, to be spontaneous and to be funny, I might have done it in an in a, in a inopportune time or a time that possibly it wasn't the time to do it in, you know, and I probably yeah. would have got smacked down or, yeah. <laughs> or embarrassed or humiliated for yeah. <laughs> for that joyful or playfulness in that particular time. So I learned from then, oh, I need to actually have a filter here to make sure that this is the right time. But by doing that, you sort of lose that spontaneity because um, it's it, it's really interesting. So, um, so I believe, as I just said, we, we have all human beings possess the – the full range of spectrum for everything, whether it be uh, 
intelligence, whether it be humour, whether it be play, whether it be sadness, whether it be yearning, whether it be anguish, whether it be joyful celebration, whether it be euphoria, we have all of that and we can, all of us can access that. We know that from the work of um, uh, many professionals that say we can change our state of being in an instant from from this to that. And You know, you go to an Anthony Robbins workshop and he will take you through all those states. So, um, for me, I'm I'm uh, looking at the areas in my life that I feel like I still have potential blockages mm. or potential negative patterns in, in that, and looking how do I unravel that to express more freedom to so I'm not living in a state of uh, what if or what if people think about that and, and just being expressive, being my authentic self without fear of judgment, and that can be very that that can be very tricky for. A lot of people to look at it, it tri- yeah. tricky for me and i'm not saying that i'm any better than anybody else because yeah. uh you really have to um you have to dig deep in certain areas and it can be very confronting yeah. because uh, you'll find out that uh really you've created this identity for yourself mm-hmm. and and you and you alone yeah yeah um so I believe that uh, you know being being healthy in, in terms of what you eat and what you think and uh, what you breathe and what you drink and and all of the other elements of wellness uh, allow you to gain clarity as well. Um, and I feel like watching you on your mission, uh, uh, you seem to have a really strong sense of purpose. Um, first of all, is that is that true? And what do you have a purpose? And then, <laughs> if you did, then how did that come about? It, great question, mate. Really, I'm glad you asked me that because it's something that I'm thinking about quite a lot over the last couple of years, actually a few years. Uh, and the word purpose pops up a lot on people's Instagram pages. Yeah. And it's, uh, a very, it's the famous And, <laughs> well, a lot of things pop up on people's Instagram pages that, that I follow. I follow maybe a 1,000 people or something. Yeah. And, and I follow a lot of surfers and a lot of chefs. That's my primary uh, thing uh, – genres that i follow <laughs> because and because i love seeing beautiful waves i think that's that excites me because i'm i always think about oh i'd like mm. to go surf there or i'd like to learn how to do that or i yeah. it's sort of <clears throat> if i see somebody surfing a barrel I'm like geez i i can't wait to get into the ocean and do that again yeah. or i follow a lot of chefs yeah and the chefs for me is keeping up to date with um what's happening in the industry of the food world and and it's beautiful now because if you follow a couple of hundred chefs that are at the forefront around the world, you're seeing instantaneously or spontaneously the food scene is at yeah. right now. And I love it because I take inspiration from that. So that's that's sort of my school at the moment. It's, it's really strange that I'm using social media as, as a form of education for myself. It's a great tool. That's what I do. Mm. But then I see the wellness side of it as well. And... It's it's a really interesting space. I mean, there's there's always the memes or the uh, the quotes of the day that pop up, and and it's it's a really fascinating space to watch because there's a lot of there's some truth out there, but then there's a lot of sort of blame and victimhood and a, a, a lot of mm. in, interesting things that people write on their pages, mm. um, which I can't judge. <laughs> I'm very aware of, of the space and yeah. it's nearly, it feels like a yearning to be acknowledged, uh, a yearning to be, to matter, a yearning for their stories to be told. And, and generally it's one of victimhood. And, and I'm not, I'm still not 100% sure whether that's the right avenue um, and it's going to give the people what they need because sometimes I feel like it, it enables that victimhood to keep playing out, especially when people comment and they per- keep that perpetuating uh, belief system happening for that person. Yep. So, but go, so, and it's interesting because purpose comes up a lot in these sort of posts. Mm. <laughs> Do I believe we have a purpose? Uh, well, yes and no. <laughs> so, uh, was I put on this? Was I put on this planet to become a chef and uh, and write cookbooks and earn money from that as a as a business opportunity? No, God, no. You know, 
is that a result of this of the society that we've built for ourselves? Yes, mm-hmm. that that is. As I went back to the earlier thing about uh, uh, when I moved out of home, I, I wanted to move out of home because I, I wanted to explore the world and explore myself as a 17-year-old human being without, for the first time in my life, being free of the family, I, I guess, identity structure. Yeah. And the only way I could do that was to get a job or to live on the streets. Right? And I chose to get a job. So... But is that a no- – I was having this discussion the other night around the table at my kids' rules, actually. I was like, it's such a <laughs> strange, <laughs> strange and strange creation that we've made or strange uh, identity or societal structure that we've created for ourselves where we need to create a job and work. Yeah. I said it, 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 it's the most bizarre thing if we really think about it. No, totally. It's, and uh, I'm not saying, I mean, if we look back into our hunter-gatherers, we all had jobs to do, for instance, but it was serving the community, it was serving each other, it was a, it was about survival and comfort yeah. and, and um, sharing and community values, whereas now you look at um, the, the jobs that people do, and there's elements of that for sure, but there's greed, there's capitalism, there's all of these mm-hmm. different things there's working extraordinarily long hours there's disconnection from community there's disconnection from nature there's disconnection from self there's disconnection Mm -hmm. from family all for the fear that we're never going to have enough money to survive in this world so and you look at the the basic family structure in australia or new zealand for instance mum and dad go to work the kids go to school where's the connection there whereas if we look back maybe a thousand years, a couple of thousand years. Obviously, things were different, and not everything was as good as it is now, and vice yeah. versa. But it was a very different uh, scenario. So, going back to purpose, and this is something that uh, I do a lot: is I look at animals in the wild or animals in nature, and I always go, "What is their purpose?" Mm. I can't help it. When I look at a tree, I think, "What is their purpose?" You know, <laughs> yeah. what are they thinking? What, what, what goes on in there? You know, we've got a couple of horses. What's, what's, what's their purpose, you know? And they're happy eating. They're happy sleeping. They're happy moving. They're happy playing. They, they're happy uh, connecting with other horses and connecting with other beings. And I, I can't help but think that that is our purpose as well. Our purpose is to eat. Our purpose is to reproduce. Our purpose is to make love. Our purpose is to... Uh, be healthy our purpose is mm. to keep this body working properly and, and avoid pain our purpose is to sleep well our purpose is to dream our purpose from uh, my own experiences is just to be our unique and authentic selves whatever that means yeah. for you but if we can get to that point where we remove the fear as much as possible around our decisions that will help you express your unique nature. And for everybody, that is different. But all I do know is that we are here to express ourselves in a creative manner. And that's up to the person that's listening for them to decide what that is for them. And it it doesn't have to be one thing. As we discussed earlier, I love to create uh, many different things in my life. And none of them really have more weight over the other. It's just that I'd like to have an idea and think, oh, I wonder if I could bring that into reality. Mm-hmm. And it's usually my first thought is never, can I make a dollar out of this? My first thought is, is this something that excites me? Is this something that's going to bring me joy if I start this and actually see it through to its completion? And what is that going to bring me? And and what can I express of my own true nature if I manifest this and for every cookbook that I do for every uh, tv show or documentary that we've created that's where these I guess ideas start Um, I I had a discussion last week with uh, my book publisher I said I really want to bring this out into the into the universe because I don't think anybody's done this properly yet 
And I got confirmation yesterday that again, we've, we've taken it to our, our sales and marketing team and the, and the people that make decisions and they've given you a great light. I'm like, fantastic. Mm-hmm. And for me, the, the monetary side is never the, the driving force for this, whereas a lot of people think I do this for money, but it's like, no, it's, it's, it's a creative outlet for me. And I do think that when people are not expressing themselves creatively in whatever fashion that is, for some it could be art, for some it could be music, for some it could be for connection with other human beings, some it could be gardening, you know, and I'm just throwing a few things out there. Some yeah, it could yeah. be, I don't know, volunteering, yeah. um, helping others out. Whatever that, that expression of your unique self is, foster it and encourage it and I do believe that is our only purpose is to share our gifts with with the universe and it I had a discussion last night I was at this dinner with um, with some friends and they've got sort of grown-up children or, or late teenagers and they were talking about what they wanted their kids to do yeah and then one of the other guests was like, you got to let it go because the more you try to push them down one path, the more they're going to rebel. Hmm. And that's also part of being a parent is to understand that our children have their unique uh, selves as well and authentic selves, even though they've probably learned a lot of it from, from you and your partner. Yeah. But you, we really need to step back and Give them a little bit of guidance if they require it, but really let them foster their own express, expressive creative outlets and encourage them to do that. I was watching a movie two nights ago, actually. It was um, Anthony Bourdain, Parts Unknown. It wasn't a movie. It was a, a TV series. Yeah. And he is in Japan. And I'll never forget it because it brought back memories for me. There's a, there's a wonderful film or documentary called Hero Dreams of Sushi. Oh, great. And it follows this, uh, the most famous sushi restaurant in the world, which is yeah. based out of Japan. And they follow the history of the family there. And I spoke to a lot of people in the food industry, and they were just like, this is one of the best movies. Isn't it great that this sushi tradition is what it is? And I said, didn't you see the, the, the sadness in that, that film? And they're like, what do you mean? I said, well, I said, it was nearly forced upon the children to follow in their father's footsteps to keep their family business alive. And there was one moment in there where the, the, the son said that he would have done something else if he could have, you know? So here you have these Mm. situations where somebody is doing a job or a career and they're working bloody long hours, mate. (laughs) It's like most of their life in that situation where they're doing something that they're very good at, they've trained themselves to be good at it, but they've done it to please somebody else. You know, there'd, there'd be a part of them that would that would, it yeah. would be pleasing for them as well because they're achieving, mm. but their real passion, that was not what they wanted to explore. And, you know, I had tears in my eyes watching that film, mm. and, and it was interesting because I spoke to so many people about it, and they didn't see the same thing that I saw from that. And I found that very fascinating that and, – and possibly they had parents of their own that sort of uh, steered them into something that maybe they didn't want to do. I don't know. It's, yeah. um, I know I've, I've been um, – I've taken the advice of other people based on what they want to see me do and I know where that's led. It's led to disappointment. It's led, yeah. led to a self-destructive behavior. And it takes a while to, for me to, to have realized that. And it's like, okay, so how now do I navigate the rest of my life and do things that really resonate with me? And potentially I can create a, a safe family home and an income by doing the things that I love. And I think that's that's the key. If we can do the things that we love, then the, then we're, we're, we're more than halfway there. Yeah. Uh, um, I can relate a lot to what you just said and, and actually – when I had to come up with my um, uh, my tagline, basically for what I do in terms of my PT, this was years ago. Um, my ta- my um, my driver behind it was to allow my clients or give them the the information, inspiration, and tools to feel free to be able to express themselves. 
Mm. And I also, I doubled up on that when I look at my children now. And I think the best feeling for me um, is watching my children feel free to express themselves and do, you know, what they want to and when they want to and however they want to. It's just, for as a parent, for me anyway, it's the, the best feeling in the world. And for them to make decisions too. You know, we, we often do that in our in our house. Okay, who, you get to decide what we do today. Yeah. You know, it's a Sunday and I say to my, one of my daughters, your, your choice. These are the options or if anything else that I haven't included uh, that you want to do, you pick. And I might give them 10 options. It could be indoor rock climbing. Yeah. It could be sitting at home watching movies. It could be going to the beach yeah. or a surf. It could be going to 10-pin bowling. It could be anything. Yeah. I, I say you have the decision to go to the movies. You have the decision of what we get to do today and what we get to eat. And these are the options, you know, and it's, and the option can be sitting at home and doing fuck all, yeah. you know, because uh, sometimes, Underrated we time. Put, <laughs> sometimes we push our kids to yeah. be on the go all the time. And I've fallen into that trap a little yeah. bit because I also want to counteract the, the social media world and, yeah. and, and the, the time that they spend at school is to get outside and, and connect. But the more and more I'm trying to encourage them to, to help make their own decisions um, based on what they feel and what they want. So I, I, I think it's, a, it's an important part of being a parent. Yeah, I agree. Uh, do you spend time, just out of interest, bringing awareness to how their choices um, make them feel? As well? uh-huh. Yeah, for sure. So... Uh, we go to a therapy called neuroemotional technique, which is oh, called great. NET, yeah. which is a form of applied kinesiology through a, a friend of mine that's a chiropractor. Yeah. So I take my daughters there. They've been going ever since they were about one years old um, oh, wow. to stay alignment. So basically, it's a it's a it's a uh, two for the price of one type type deal because they're getting emotional uh, work done, plus they're getting physical or structural work. Yeah. And um, so now we might go in there every three months or, or so with the kids. That's sort of been their sort of um, uh, the the frequency since uh, since they've been born. Yeah. And now we go in there and, and the girls talk about the issue or the emotional issue that they want to um, uh, talk about. Uh, for instance, the other day I, I took my, my uh, youngest daughter in there. And there was, she had something to do with me in there, which was brilliant because yeah. we all learn our belief systems and our patterns from our parents. Yeah. And it was really, really interesting to see that there was something going on there that, that had to do with me and, and a decision that I made for the family many years ago, that that, that actually affected her in a way that she oh. still remembers and, and it created a pattern. So she, we helped to release that. But um, it, it it's so the beautiful thing now is my kids are 12 and 13 and they're aware when something isn't exactly how they would like it, that they can go and have a treatment like this or a session like this the last 20 minutes. And it's in a, in uh, it's not invasive. Yeah. And the technique for this, it's a tool to help elicit uh, the belief system that's going on inside yourself. So, <clears throat> Excuse me. So the therapist doesn't offer any advice or even anything. Basically, the therapist asks your body questions and your body answers them. Mm. So it's always your own self so like um, giving process. up the information, yeah. and also your own body finding the the answer to that situation. So I, I, so yes, we do talk about this, and we have it as part of our our. Um, one of our life skills growing up. Yeah. And no, that's great. I've that. been using this technique for 25 years and it's, it's given me many, many benefits. Yeah. So why wouldn't I share that with my own children? My mother goes, my wife goes, mm-hmm. uh, friends. I suggest if they, if they're open to it, because it can be very confronting for people too. Oh yeah. Definitely. And then I've got friends that say, that's a load of horseshit people. Why would <laughs> I, what? There's nothing wrong with me. Why would I ever want to change anything? And I go, well, it's, I, I don't see it as a form of weakness. It's like, no. 
Sure. Taking your car in to get it fixed by a professional. Uh, you go to a dentist because most people can't work on their teeth by themselves. And to understand human emotion and awareness, yeah. you can do it on your, on your own, but there are certain people out there that are, that are trained in it to help um, speed up that process and, and get a result pretty quickly for you. Yeah. So uh, I see it as a powerful tool. Yeah. Maybe it's not for everyone, but... Uh, I wouldn't discard it until you've experienced it. No, it makes sense. And uh, I guess, you know, we know now well, science has proved that our physical state will affect our emotional state and our emotional state will affect our, our physical state. So, you know, attacking it or not attacking it, but addressing it or at least investigating it from mo- both angles has to be beneficial in some way. Yes, 1,000%. It usually at our emotional issues that are the most dominant. So, yeah. and a lot of the times the physical ailments or the disease is a direct force or a de- direct, um, uh, uh, it is directly affected from our emotional state. So we have a lot of people that uh, choose to eat foods that are sabotaging for their health. Yeah. And, intelligently they know that maybe I shouldn't be eating that donut, right? <laughs> they, they know that. They yeah. know that maybe I shouldn't be eating that burger that's got the uh, – it's uh, made from this and that. Maybe I shouldn't be eating that bag of snakes. You know, I, I see it on, on work sites so often. People walk around yeah. with a bag of lollies, you know. They go, what are you doing? They go, oh, we need energy. No, like, no, no. Oh, um, my God. Yeah. Okay. But, <laughs> but it's – when these people are making these decisions, they're intelligent enough to know that what they're doing is harming themselves. Mm. So why do they keep doing it? And, and it could be, it generally is, it's an, an emotional trigger for them because yeah. they'll find comfort or they'll yeah. find something or it'll be control or whatever it may be. So if we go back to that emotional well-being and understanding the patterns for us to make our decisions and we address that, because some people say, oh, I've just willpower. I, I willpower. If my willpower isn't enough or this, that, and the other. I'm like, willpower, forget about that. Find the trigger. Find the emotional trigger for you yeah. that makes you feel like you have no choice over this matter and that you get addicted to these types of foods. So, totally. Anyway. No, that's <laughs> great. I wonder as well if um, sometimes it has something to do with I guess ancestrally, life would have been a lot more simple in many ways. And I feel like today's landscape, we're being hit by more stressors than we ever have been before. You know, even looking at environmental pollution, uh, EMFs, you know, there's all of these new things that our body probably hasn't been hit by this hard um, in our history on top of, you know, social media, um, other social pressures and financial stressors and things like that. And I just wonder if we lose a little bit of, uh, mindfulness you know if we we're sitting in the woods and we were, we ate a certain type of mushroom then we probably would have been quite aware of how that would have responded uh, within ourselves but I just wonder if sometimes we're, we're hit by so much that we're just oversaturated and we don't take we don't have that opportunity to sit back and actually note how it makes us feel well it's interesting you say that eating mushrooms in the woods <laughs> it seems to be a um Something a, <laughs> there's a re-emergence of, of the psychedelics in, in our society at the moment and uh, by by some pretty heavy hitters, actually. So yeah. some thought leaders, some industry leaders, some, some of the brightest minds in science that I know of are, are really exploring the idea of the, 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 the use of psychedelics back into, into society and what that, why that is happening now more so and and i think you've hit the nail on the head is because we are so disconnected we are so busy we are so um uh, in our heads so much uh for the wrong reasons whereas with the the emergence of these uh, entheogens or plant medicines or, or earth medicines that are um popular now and and, you know all respect needs to be given to these medicines because they are so powerful and uh it's like anything you need to approach it with with reverence and with caution and in the right setting and it's not for everybody and people need to do their research prior to ever uh contemplating uh going on and using these as as part of a, a therapeutic tool 
But yeah. um, we're seeing that these potentially can uh, sort of re reignite or rewire our perception on our place of the universe mm-hmm. and and what really matters. It, it can uh, disrupt our, our current programming to give us uh, new neural pathways to form or forge uh, new belief systems and new paradigms for ourselves. And uh, it's, it's something that I'm watching uh, with great interest. And I'm interviewing people in this space myself uh, to learn more about it because it seems like something that's not going away and it seems to be having profound effects uh, in clinical situations as well as anecdotal. So it's going to be interesting to watch that space because if we um, continue the way that we're heading, uh, I mean, the, and I'm not saying this is the answer, but I'm, I'm saying that uh, potentially it's one of the tools out there that people will use and may consider using, along with diet, along with uh, emotional well-being, health, uh, along with self-analysis or, or having different therapies and different understanding and re- reconnecting with nature as part of that and the use of meditation and thoughtfulness and as a way to, I guess, find, find that inner harmony in that inner peace, uh, in a, in a world that is in a modern day world where, uh, as you said, there are many, many stresses. So watch this space is all is what I'd say. Oh, I totally agree. Um, I, I wonder as well if it's, you know, because we are, you know, so disconnected in so many ways now um, that it's just one of those tools that allow us to get a little bit more connected again and maybe zoom out a little bit and look at ourselves in a uh, maybe a, a larger context, um, you know, get out of our head a little bit and, and just see how we do actually relate to um, uh, other people, uh, to nature. Uh, I mean, how far do you want to zoom out? I'm not sure, but... Um, I just wonder if that's just a tool to allow us to do that, which we probably don't do very often in today's it's a, Western world. Yeah, it's a tool and a technology, and you can zoom out very, very far yeah. from the use yeah. of these um, these um, entheogens. But again, all reverence needs to be be had and respect yeah. and uh, set and setting. And, and again, it's not for everyone, and I wouldn't yeah. advise anybody to do it, but people are doing it, so if you are – uh, doing it, then make sure that you're safe doing it. If yeah. that's nothing is ever safe, yeah. um, surgery is not safe, but uh, you know it can improve your life. It just sounds like a discussion and, that needs to be had. Yeah, and it is being had. It, uh, Michael Pollan, who is um, I, yeah. I admire greatly for his work around the food journalism and food stories that he that he shares. He's yeah. just released a book about his own adventures with yeah. uh, LSD. Uh, magic mushrooms and the Sonoran Desert Toad or 5-MeO-DMT. Yep. And more and more people are openly talking about this or discussing it in scientific circles. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm personally fascinated by it. And uh, after my own experiences with some of these plant medicines, it, 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 can never, it cannot be denied that there is um, the potential for human growth yeah. and uh, through these substances, just like there is with eating the right diet, just as there is with yeah. having the right sleep and uh, and having the right emotions and uh, yeah. dealing with people in a, in a, in a way that uh, benefits humanity. So. Yeah. yeah, no, 100%. Now, I'm going to bring it back to, you know, we've brought this up a few times, um, making choice. So, you know, making a conscious decision. You're, you're a pretty busy guy. <laughs> I know that now, but I'm trying to pin you down for an interview. Um you know, you're a father, husband, uh, you're on TV, have multiple business projects going on, you run a podcast, and probably a lot more that I don't know about you surf, you still find time to, uh, you know, have fun, which is fantastic. Um, so I'm guessing that decision making around your time and energy investment uh, must be crucial to you. How would the listeners go about um, making these conscious decisions? Do you have any tools or techniques or things to think about for them if they were to um, navigate uh, this landscape consciously? Yeah, I would say go with the flow and uh, <laughs> make sure it's your flow and not anybody else's if you can. Oh, um, but hopefully that flow will um, 
uh, resonate with the people that you're close by yeah. and not create too many waves um, for them. But it, again, I'll go back to expressing your authentic self. Mm. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, next year, for instance, for me, the year is already full. Um, yeah. I have three different TV series that I currently do, and that takes up sort of nine months of the year. Uh, I'm filming another documentary. Uh, I'm doing a trip with my wife to Europe, which will be absolutely beautiful for three weeks. Uh, I've got a trip booked in with my with my children and my wife to Fiji for a, for a couple of weeks for one holiday. I've planned out some time over the Christmas holidays again, wow. three weeks with my kids. Um, and there's another trip in there for the snow with my kids. So uh, that seems like a lot of holidays. And... For 20 years, I used to have one week of holidays if I was lucky a year, uh, and I'd work 80 to 100 hour weeks. So you could say that I'm sort of cashing in my <laughs> chips now. Yeah. Um, and but this is the most valuable time for me. Yeah. To connect with, I believe, with with my family and my children. I agree. Um, my two daughters are 12 and 13, and my wife. We've been together now seven years, and it's that. Um, it's finding, or not finding, but creating uh, space and time to connect in these memory-building ways that I like. I mean, I, I never had a family holiday when I was a kid. It just didn't, it wasn't part of my uh, upbringing. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I always used to see my friends all yeah. go away on family holidays, and I, I would be like, oh, I'd love to be able to <laughs> have that. Um so that's something that I want to provide with this family that uh, I currently have with my wife and my children before um, generate those memory building adventures if I can. And I can. so I create that and then I build my workspace around that or um, and and I have open discussions with my wife and my kids about this is what I'm, what is on offer for next year. Yeah. Does anyone have any any issues with this? This and you know so, and that that's why it's very difficult to sometimes to get me to do these these podcasts yeah. and for me to actually do podcasts on my own channel. It's yeah, like yeah. okay, well this is the day that I've got with my my family. Am I going to sacrifice that time to do this? And generally it's no. Yeah. So if I've got a day, or I, I will book it in for seven in the morning yeah before kids wake up so that i can accomplish that but doesn't need to the time that i have got with my children so yeah um so work out what your flow is what what you expressively want to create in your life and for me i love doing the tv shows so yeah. uh that is and while i've got the opportunity to do it i'm gonna do it yeah. because I, I do enjoy that process i i do enjoy the uh, that um that part of my own evolution of being able to express myself creatively. Um, and then I've got the documentaries and the cookbooks, which <laughs> keep that other, another part of me creating. It sort of puts a little bit of fear around it. Is this going to work? Is this going to, uh, to resonate with the, the people? Have I hit the nail on the head for the right timing for this? Mm. You know, so, um, and, th and that becomes sort of, a fun thing to watch you know, yeah, because there's yeah. no there's no promises and there's no guarantees that yeah. everything <laughs> is going to be great <laughs> you know but uh that's there's no reason why you shouldn't attempt to do something if you're worried about that i i find it quite um quite exhilarating you know yeah. is this going to work or is this going to bomb yep. you know i i don't know, <laughs> you know? Oh, now it's just interesting you said that um go with the flow because I have a, well, he's a good friend of mine now, but a, a client as well, uh, Leonard, and he's 96 now, but he's the youngest 96-year-old mm. you'll ever meet. He's sharp as a tack mentally, still gets out for his two rounds of golf per week, comes to me in the gym once or twice a week. He's just an incredible guy. Awesome. Uh, but I said to him, <laughs> just cheeky, I said, hey, Len, what's the secret to life? And he goes, Carl, you've just got to learn how to go with the flow. Uh -huh. I was like, wow, how much wisdom is in that? It's great. And I love That's that you right. just reinforce that. Um, it's brilliant. And I'm sure he goes with his flow too, you know? Oh, he does. Yeah. He does. Yeah. He, just, he just seems to navigate life with ease. It's, it's amazing. But he's also a very curious human, um, okay. which I which I love. And I'll talk talk to him about something. You know, it might be 
you know, some food science that's come out, you know, based around certain foods or, um, or whatnot. And he goes, oh, could you send me the, uh, <laughs> the research? I said, yeah, no worries. So I'm going to be on my game. So I'll uh, flick him through the, the research papers and he'll come back to me with a bit of feedback on it. And, you know, it's just, he's just awesome, man. But, yeah, yeah I, I think that is the secret as well. That's what I, I, uh, a wise person once told me that, that the secret to not getting old is to be curious mm. and to never stop learning whatever it may be. So um, uh, I just taught my wife and kids this summer how to juggle. You know, and it was, uh, was it challenging to start with for me? <laughs> yes. Was it yeah. challenging to start with for them? Yeah. Yes. But I knew that the, that they would all get it if they, if they persevered yeah. and, um, and now they could all juggle. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> oh, I love it. And that was, Basically, trying when I learned 20 years ago, I learned it at a speed reading course, and it was I learned more about the speed reading course from juggling than I did with from from the speed reading course, and uh, I'll, I know I'll be able to juggle for the rest of my life. Yeah. But um, it was basically to show and to demonstrate to Nick, my wife, and the kids that you can learn anything at any age. That your brain really struggles with to start with and you'll think you'll never be able to get it. Yep. But then within two days or one day, you have basically got it down. Mm-hmm. And and I'm sure that's what uh, your mates, he, yep. he, your older friend does. He, he's, he's curious. He, he wants to keep learning. And that's the, that's the fountain of youth right there. Yeah. yeah. I was even surprised when he offered to, you know, what do you say? Uh, wire through the money for the gym membership, you know, as opposed to I was expecting to whip out an old checkbook or something, you know. It's just um, he's right up with the play. He'd be he'd be a great one for your podcast. Yeah, he is. He is. He's uh, yeah, so much wisdom there. It's incredible. Now, Pete, um, we've got a few questions from the listeners. Um, awesome. A few quick fire ones. So, yep. first up, we have Hannah. Um, <laughs> how do you maintain your flawless, glowing skin? <laughs> uh, well, I don't know whether it's flawless, and I don't know whether it's glowing, but uh, <laughs> maybe not this it, morning. <laughs> but it does everything it needs to do for me. So, um, I, I guess it comes down to those those pillars before: yep. uh, good diet, good sleep, good emotional well being. Um, we, I do use a moisture. Don't use every day. I'm not <laughs> when I when I remember that you put it on. I do it, but uh, it's our own brand that we've used or created with uh, Ecology Skincare, and it's got beef fat in it. Wow. Um, so I use that as often as I can. And <clears throat> apart from that, we use we're quite full. our home is basically like a little uh, health studio as well. So <laughs> we have like um, red light therapy that we use at home. Um, so you might want to oh, look nice. into that because yep. that's a, that's Generate a pretty cool device for Im- improving your mitochondria. Yep. Um, so we use that on a day-to-day basis or whenever we can. And that's probably cool. about it. And, and I, you know, I go out in the sun every single day. Yeah. And she, every single day. Yeah. That's, that's so nourishing. She also had a side question and it was based yep. around hydration. <laughs> she said, what sort of weight do you put on hydration? And, do you think um, broth should be a staple in most people's lives? Uh, well, hydration obviously is, is super important. So I always tell people if they ask that I would look at your water system or what type of water you're drinking before you even change anything to do with your diet. Mm. I, I believe water is the most important yeah. part of uh, our existence yeah. and to have the the cleanest possible water is 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 paramount and never can be underestimated. So um, do whatever you can with the budget that you have to give yourself the opportunity to have the cleanest water possible is my advice. Um, and then drink, drink it, um, maybe a couple of liters a day. It depends on the season. It depends on your, your physical activity, yep. like how hot it is outside, how cold it is, yep. and, and what you do during a day and, and what other uh, liquids you're having throughout the day. <clears throat> but um, broth, I think, is a is a powerful tool. Mm. Uh, we drink, yeah, yeah. drink it every week, um, especially in winter, especially when it's cold outside. We nearly probably have it every day. Yeah. Uh, in summer, probably not every day because I'm not 
I try to eat with the seasons a little bit. So if it's hot outside, I don't want to be drinking hot beverages yeah. too much, yeah. um, which is why winter is sort of my broth time. Um, but yeah, I think it's um, I think it's something that should be included in the diet as long as you don't have histamine, major histamine issues. Yep. Uh, but uh, I, I don't see anything bad by including a soup or a broth into your diet. I think every culture has done it. And if you can get beautiful bones from healthy animals, then that's the key. And I'll reiterate, whatever water that you're cooking the bones, which is going to become the water that you drink, please make sure it's the cleanest possible water that you can access. Great answer. I'm so glad you said that. Um, Second question is from Dippin, who is also a chef, and he said, uh, in the restaurant business, um, often there is a lot of wastage. Um, Is that something you've noticed? And if so... What do you do to offset this or mitigate it? Hmm. I don't have a restaurant at the moment, so. Okay. Um, but in the past, uh, I remember one place I worked in for many, many years when I was an apprentice, and uh, they had the the bin for the chickens, which was graded for the pigs. <laughs> the chicken bin. Uh, the, the chicken and the pig bin, because uh, a couple of those wait staff actually had a farm, oh, yeah. and uh, that was the best. Setup that I've ever seen. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, if if people could do that more often, that would be great. But more and more, uh, in the re- I've been out of the restaurant game probably for for a few years now. Yeah. Um, I still consult on restaurants, um, but I, I don't actively work on them. I, I help with them with their menu. But uh, the more the restaurant industry or the the Booking industry evolves the more they're looking at uh, cutting down the waste and finding solutions for that. I remember a dear friend of mine, Yost Backer, opened a place called Brothel in Melbourne, which was a broth bar, and he had zero waste. It was one of the best things. Uh, but he got shut down because of the council and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes when you try to do the right thing, there are so many rules and regulations that uh, we've created for ourselves and that it makes it very difficult to do the right thing, if yeah. that makes sense. So yeah. my my advice is that everyone is responsible for what they can do, and I, I do think people are attempting to do the best thing possible. Yeah. But, again, we live in a very strange world. Yeah. Um, so, for instance, our philosophy when, when I did run restaurants was that all the polystyrene boxes or whatever was delivered at that particular point in time, was taken back by the suppliers so they could reuse them. So it never went into our, our bin. Great. Uh, obviously, the, the cardboard was recycled. We had uh, organic waste that we could we could ship off. But um, Great. it's yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting one that I think there's yeah. more and more solutions coming to the fore all the time. Yeah, great. Um, Todd asked, um, you've copped a lot of flack over the years. Um, what do you do to manage or navigate uh, this space and stay on your mission? Um, well, the, the flack is, I, I see it is as, a, you know, when summer comes around and the flies are out and uh, <laughs> it can be annoying, but it's not going to hurt you. Yeah. Um, the same thing, I, that's that's what I, I view the flack as. It's It's like a a noisy mosquito or a fly that's buzzing around that they can't really hurt you. They can annoy uh, a situation for a minute or two, but um, it depends how many there are and how many to, uh, at one. How big the flies are. It's never anything to, to be worried about because, well, the, the noise that it makes or the annoyance that it makes, it actually brings more awareness to this topic yeah. and uh, – and I would say that um, the the positives have far outweighed any any perceived negatives from that 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 perceived flack. That's for sure. Yeah. So every article that gets written, I sort of inwardly celebrate, even if it's a derogatory or defamatory defamatory yeah. um, article is or one based on lies or misinformation. Yeah. I inwardly I sort of applaud because I know that uh, people will see through the lies and see through the misinformation and it mightn't be from that article but it could be the third or the fourth or the fifth one that they've written where somebody has said something so ridiculous or taken something out of context and made a ridiculous statement from it that some people will go 
you know what? Maybe there's something in this. Yeah. Maybe, maybe just maybe what him or others are sharing, me or others that get slammed, um, maybe there's a kernel of truth in that. And that's all it takes is that for that curious person hmm. to look a little bit deeper. And then, I mean, the amount of people that have told me that they've changed their life from reading a, an article that uh, was deliberate to attack me. And they said, we couldn't believe it. So we actually did our own research and we actually adopted some of these principles or all of the principles. Yeah. Yeah. And three months later, six months later, we have changed our complete life around it. Our, we no longer have type 2 diabetes. Our autoimmune issues are in remission. Our children with behavioral issues no longer experience such dramatic s- swings. Yeah. So the positives and all I'm doing is expressing myself creatively. Yeah, beautiful. Okay, so um, this is the one question I ask uh, every guest that comes on the show, uh, and it is, if there was one idea, question, tool, or even technique that you would recommend to the listeners uh, to help them st- step into a better version of themselves, what would it be? It's oh, <laughs> a simple question of asking, who are you? And, I mean, it's a, it's a classic mantra, who am I, who am I? Um, and then you finish off with I am. It's, um, I think that's the most powerful question any of us can, can ever ask ourselves is who are we and or who am I and what are your values, what are your and write them down. You, you might be surprised and you might start writing things down and go, actually, actually, I value that more or that's a, that's a higher priority for me. And if you look at your list and you go, you know what, maybe for me to uh, evolve or change, maybe I need to rejuggle some of these or restructure them in a way. Uh, so, so have a look. See what, your, see what your list of values entails and um, go from there. You, know? you might have the perfect recipe for yourself, which is fantastic. Or you might want to tweak it and try a different recipe. You can't go wrong <laughs> by exploring your, yourself. Uh, you can only find more about, out about yourself. So have fun. <laughs> I like the way you snuck a little bit of chef language in there with the, uh, the recipes. <laughs> this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.